I'm Laura Max Rose, mother of two, and you're listening to Look Ma No Hands, my candid dispatches from the front lines of motherhood. I ask the real, tough, honest questions on motherhood-related topics that we're all wanting to know more about, in hopes it will make everyone's journey fulfilling, easier, and more joyful. If you're not a mom, welcome. I want you to know how happy I am that you're listening and that these topics can be applied to any season of life. I'm grateful you're along for the ride. Welcome back to Look Ma, No Hands. I am your host, Laura Max Rose, and my voice is hoarse, which I feel like if you were near me right now would make everyone run far, far away because I have a cough, (laughs) which has now become like this ultimate like taboo, like you have leprosy if you have a cough. Um, But anyway, not to worry because I'm doing all these interviews virtually. And today my guest is Megan Taylor of All She Wrote Notes. Thank you so much for joining me, Megan. Thank you for having me. I'm over here laughing at you and your voice. Like, I don't even notice it. Like, but yeah, people are freaking out, man. It's you like have to explain your sneeze. Oh my God. I was in <laughs> your nose this morning and I had a face mask on and I was like coughing into the face. I had a cough. And I was into the face <laughs> They're mask like, she's like, oh, got it. God. She's got it. Stay yeah. Away. I just like, forgot where I was. And I was like, oh my God, Laura, like you can't. You, you can't do yeah, that. It was, hold it so, I, I just had this moment where I was like, oh my God, I hope nobody saw it. It looks like nobody did. But yes, you have to hold it in now. It's so funny how this is just going to change. The one thing that I'm like totally freaked out about is the plexiglass um, barriers. Oh, I know. It's so I'm like, can we please take the plexiglass down as soon as this is over? And the cashier was like, I really don't think these are ever going to come down. I, I think know, it's really sad. They're in like a little cage, like a little cage that you can see through. You're like, hi in there. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's like, so oh, weird. I miss like being able to see your face. And my, I'm wearing this mask right now that has like all these donut decals on it so that my kids think it's cute and funny. And I just like, oh, what weird times we're living in. But Mine anyway. It's rainbow stripe. And it like yes. upsets me because people can't see me smiling. And I just want to be like, I'm smiling at you under here. <laughs> That's like, what I was thinking too. And like, I've actually gotten used to people not seeing my face. So I'm like, oh, I don't even need to like necessarily even smile. And yeah, then I've had yeah, a few yeah, people come right. up to me and they're like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, oh, like you still do want to like engage with it. It's just such a socially awkward, it's such a, like weird, weird thing. But weird anyway, time. Megan Taylor, I started following really recently because a friend of mine, actually my daughter's former Montessori school teacher recommended that I follow you and ask you to be on this show. And the second I did, I was so grateful I did because um, you're sprinkling confetti, turning, turning mistakes into confetti is one of your many photos. Um, and your, your feet is just so bright and happy and colorful. You are a calligrapher or as some like to refer to you, you do hand lettering and you sell products that have that hand lettering on them and all the phrases that you letter are so inspiring and fun and just make you happy. But if you do any reading, um, if you click on the on the link in her profile and read any of her story. Um, Megan has just overcome so much and that makes what she has to offer even more, even more inspiring and incredible. So I'm just going to read a little bit of your confetti story, which is how you, what you call it on your link tree, which has been shared like thousands of times. So clearly I'm not the only person who (laughs) is inspired by this. Um, I'll just read a couple of paragraphs. So if you haven't heard of Megan or don't follow her, you know a little about her. And then I'm going to ask her to tell us more in her own words. Um, So 10 years ago this fall, I walked, walked away from a life that wasn't meant for me, a life full of suffering and pain, a life full of fear and insecurities, a life of verbal and physical abuse at the hands of someone I thought I loved. I married him when I was just 21 years old. 
And though I'm the kind of person who looks for the bright side of everything, my bright light had been snuffed out by the pain I experienced. I don't believe it was God's plan for me to end up in that relationship. In fact, it was just the opposite. I pretty much told him he could sit this one out and that I could handle it myself. The truth was I couldn't. I was living my worst nightmare, and I knew the whole time that I had made a huge mistake. God didn't leave me when he was down. He helped me find a way out. Now, before I started interviewing Megan today, before we started recording, we talked about like, should we bring up faith and should, you know, should she bring up the part of like the God part of her story? Because obviously that word can be heavy for some people. And, um, everyone kind of has a different association with it or relationship with faith or religion. But I just invited Megan to go ahead and talk freely about her experience because even though we're of different faiths, I'm Jewish. Um, I think that there's so much about her story um, and the way that she was let out of it that I think anyone can relate to. I think wherever you stand um, in your faith, or maybe you can't, but I don't think that there's anything. I think it's wonderful to talk about. And so I always invite people to talk about their faith if that's something that they have on this show. So um you managed to take this really painful experience and um, turn it into confetti, essentially. And I'd love, since I have you here, instead of reading the rest of your story, I would just love to hear more about that from you. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share. This is the hardest season that I, that I ever lived through was what you just read from and what you just described. And there was a point in my life where I just really felt like I had hit rock bottom, that everything that could go wrong had gone wrong. And I just felt like such a failure. I was so embarrassed. I was so ashamed to have failed at, at the marriage and to have just really what it felt like failed at life at that time. And I just found myself feeling so broken and just so down and discouraged and I moved back home. I moved 3,000 miles back across the country, um, back home to North Carolina to, to move back in with my parents, <laughs> to just really just start all over and build my life back from scratch. And it was really early into that journey that I found my way back to my faith. It was never that I had stopped believing. I had just really, you know, sometimes when you're in a really hard season, you just tend to distance yourself from things that you know and things that you believe, but that just don't seem so tangible at the moment. And for me, I was just really going through such a hard season. And I remember sitting in church and hearing the pastor talk about shining anyway, like in spite of your circumstances, choosing to shine. And I feel like that is relatable no matter what your faith is, that there are going to be things in your life that don't go your way. And how you choose to respond to them is what is going to define who you are. And for me, there was nothing that had gone my way, but I was feeling called to continue to be a light, to hold my head high, to smile anyway, in spite of everything else, and to not let that define me, to not let it get me down. And I did. I really just kind of fell on my knees and, and really worked hard to to get me back and to work hard to be confident again and strong again and really just to trust myself. Because after coming out of a relationship like that, you have a lot of self-doubt because you're like, how did I get here? <laughs> like, How did I yeah. pick the wrong person? Like, How did I make all these bad decisions? And it took years and years for me to feel like I finally had my feet under me again. And I was just surrounded by good friends and family and people that were encouraging and that just knew me for me and that had known me for such a long time. And I ended up running into Chris, which who's now my husband. He was my middle school sweetheart. So I've literally known From him since first grade. I've known him my whole entire life. And he and I ran into each other a little while after I had been home at a high school reunion and got each other's numbers and didn't really start dating for years after that, but really just built on a foundation of friendship 
friendship and that he knew where I had been, but he didn't really care. He was excited about where I was going and where we could go together. And we've been married five years and have a son, Vance, who's three years old. And my happily ever after finally came. And And I just think that if I had gotten down and stayed down after everything that I went through, I would never have the life that I have now. And it's just such a blessing because the way that the the confetti piece (laughs) ties in, I am a lettering artist. I'm a calligrapher. And I clearly I write for a living, but I make mistakes every single day. Like I constantly spell something wrong or I'll (laughs) write an ugly letter and like scribble it out. Like you you do not make the team. I love it. We cannot work with you. And so really early on in my business, I was too cheap to throw all the scrap paper away. So I started running it through my office shredder. And out came the most beautiful confetti that you have ever seen. And once it became confetti, you couldn't see the mistakes anymore. Like you couldn't see where I had messed up. Like you couldn't see the imperfections or the flaws. Like now it's confetti and it's just really beautiful. And it was such a lesson to me for my life and for everywhere that I had been that, yes, there are hard times and yes, there are bumps and scars and scratches, but that's what makes you who you are. And and that is just even more beautiful and more special because of everything you've overcome. And so I look at myself and my life and my story like confetti. Confetti is just trash that has chosen to live a happier life. And it's the the broken pieces. Like it's the scrap paper, right? Like it's everything that people cast aside and didn't want, but then it was just repackaged and given a brand new job. And so confetti makes people happy. It's got like the front line, like it's on the basketball court at a national championship or it's being thrown at a wedding or at a birthday party. And it's it's trash. (laughs) Everyone loves it. It's so true. It's so true. And what I think is so beautiful about your story, especially for right now, is that being in a quarantine makes so many of us are face to face with problems in our lives that we didn't necessarily even have to face before. I mean, you were just discussing domestic violence that that occurred in your life. I mean, that's been a huge concern in this quarantine is people who are stuck at home with abusive spouses. And that's a horrible situation to be in. But the the whole the, the point is we're all stuck at home with whatever our lives looked like before this, but it's magnified. Like yeah. if there were problems, those problems are magnified. If they're good things, those good things are magnified. And I think this is a time of really intense transformation for so many people. And we're face to face with the mistakes that we've made, um, the things that we wish we had been doing differently before. And to think of it as like none of that has to be wasted, like none of it has to be trash. It can all serve the greater purpose of your life. And you're never too old. Like when you tell that story, I mean, you were 21 when you got married, but you still felt like my life is over. Oh, yeah. And I think, yeah, no matter how old you are, when you make a mistake or something that feels like a mistake, it can feel like, oh my God. Um, I mean, especially in relationships, it can feel like I'm broken. You know, there's something wrong with me. I, I can never have what I really want. And that's just not true. It doesn't matter what age you are and you're living proof of that. Yeah, you're you're never too young or too old to to turn your mistakes into confetti. Like to start now and to figure out what might have gone wrong, but that you can course correct. Like you have a brand new chance tomorrow. Like when the sun comes up tomorrow, like that's a brand new day. And I think it's just realizing that you don't, it can feel so insurmountable to look at your life where you sit, if you're in a bad season, or if you're, you feel like you're at your rock bottom to to think about yourself 10 years from now, 20 years from now, like you think you've messed it all up. But if you just take it one day at a time, like one week at a time, one month at a time, it's amazing how much better better 
things will get once you decide that you're going to look for the good. And once you decide to choose positivity, and I know there are seasons and there are people listening right now who there is not a lot of positivity in their life. And, and you know what? I've been there. I can honestly say that I've lived through that. But sometimes it's the tiniest things that you can sometimes even do for other people that will bring you joy. Like if you can't find the good, like choose to go be the good, like go do something good for somebody else. And in turn, that's going to make you feel so much better. I love it. I love it. So now you're at home with your three-year-old who you had with your middle school sweetheart husband and <laughs> yes. you're quarantined and you're running your business. How, give I, me like some insight. How is this going? I am. Okay. So it's, it was the first week it was horrible because Chris was still working and Vance's school closed. And so that was like a fun surprise. Like I had uh-huh. podcast interviews. I had work deadlines. Like I had a full time, I run my business by myself full time. And so I had a, just a full plate of stuff with like suddenly a kid here. <laughs> And right. so that was just probably one of the worst weeks ever as a mom. Like, I think I drank every single night. Like, I just was like, oh <laughs> my God. It was so bad. But then, unfortunately, but then also, fortunately, Chris was furloughed from work. And so that's definitely a struggle financially. But mentally, it was the biggest gift that we could have had because now he's here with us and it's not just me. Like, he's such a good teammate. Like, he's such a good dad, really good husband. Like, he just is a helpful soul that I'm not, it's not, so it's not all on me. And with yeah. him not having to work right now, he's really getting to, to shoulder a lot of the childcare where I'm still being able to come up here and continue a lot of my schedule, not like the full like gamut, because as you know, if you've got people at home, like it's so easy to get distracted. Like, and then part of it's like, they're not working. Like I would like to play a little bit. (laughs) Like, But then sometimes you're like, Oh, thank God. I have to go upstairs. Like I (laughs) get to go. Oh, it's like, so it's so nice. I, from what I've discussed with other people, like on this show and also like just personally on the phone, if you're working at home with kids right now, it's like, we can make it work right now, but it's certainly not. There's a reason why. Exactly. Like there's a reason why, but I just feel like when I got to shoulder that burden with Chris and it felt like it wasn't just me, my whole attitude changed. Like I was like, I can do this. Like we are going to be okay. It's going to be fine. By yourself. So like, like once he came into the picture, it was like, Oh my God, I can, I can do this. It's just like, you're my savior. Like it it was just such a different perspective. And you know what? I'm kind of glad I had that week to see actually how bad it could get because you're like, you think this is bad? Like that week was horrible. So it's, it's- funny how that happens. You get like, <laughs> our, the, our water main broke in the, in the area oh, where no. I live. And like, we had no, literally like you turned on any faucet in our house and the water did not oh, turn gosh. on. And this was all the houses within like a three block radius of us. And I was like, okay, all right. It could be worse. <laughs> it like, could be worse. I'll take, I'm sorry. I was complaining. Like I'll take the water back. It was just like, too. it was overload. I was it's like, so okay. Like, the love, only thing. Yeah. I love that perspective. Like on anything, like I truly like I'm an Enneagram seven. So I just run kind of happy anyway. Like, I mean, I just kind of have the silver lining. Like I have the positivity, like within my soul. But I always compare stuff like when I have a bad day, like when you know what hits the fan, like when everything falls apart, I compare that day to some of my very worst days. And a lot of those days were what we read about in that story. And I, 
I can just have perspective that you're like, you know what? Nobody beat me up today. Like we're doing okay. Like nobody is in danger. Like everyone's alive. Like everyone's fine. And it just kind of helps talk you down <laughs> off of like me losing my car keys. <laughs> or like yeah. something that like still sucks and is like still bad, but it's like not that bad. And so just kind of having that perspective that like it really could be worse and that there are so many people that have it worse. But I think it's important not to dismiss like your pain or your stress or your struggle because it's still, it doesn't mean it's easy. Like wherever you're at right now, it just helps you kind of hang on to your sanity a little bit. Well, I'm so glad you said that because I was talking to a friend of mine last night and she was telling me, we were just laughing because she was talking about how this has been really challenging for her, but she feels bad even expressing that because she knows how many people have it worse. And she was just describing this totally dire situation that she'd read about in the news. And I was like, if you called me, And you told me how much you were struggling. And I came back at you with like, well, you can't be upset because this person has it so much worse. You would think I was the biggest asshole you've ever met. You can't do that. You can't. And like our feeling, no matter what circumstance we're in, we don't need to be shaming ourselves that we're struggling. You have to be able to feel your feels. But I think it's important that you don't want to stay there. Like you can have a bad day. You don't want to have a bad month. So like do what you've got to do, whether that is therapy or counseling or medicine or friends or family or exercising or eating, whatever it is that you need. I feel like there's no shame in, in helping yourself out of that situation. But I think if you don't help yourself, like if you don't reach out and get the help that you need, that's going to be harder, you know, like I think the longer you stay down. Yeah. Yeah. You really do need to take that first step. But one of the author, an author I love, Gabrielle Bernstein talks about how like when things feel heavy, like it feels like there's just a weight on top of you with how much you have to do or how much you have to get through, take the first step and the load immediately lightens. Whether it's like putting off doing your taxes or like just getting into a new mindset. It's like, if you can just take that first step, that first step's always the hardest. Um, And I think anyone who's ever experienced like a, a real a real kind of adversity, like what you've experienced, um, when you're in your life and your life is good, but you're just having a hard day, it can be, it's, it's easy to get that perspective of, you know what, like it's a hard day, but I have a good life. And yes. And you, I mean, talk to anybody who's a cancer survivor, like st- people that have gone through things like that, like they don't have horrible days. Like, they're yeah, like you know they what? Don't. I'm alive. Like, I'm just happy to be here. And yes. I just think that you don't have to go through tragedy to get that perspective. And it's, it's just a choice. Like, it's just kind of tweaking what you're naturally wired and seeing if you can look for the positive. And some yeah. days that's hard to find. Like some days it's little stuff. Like, you know what? I I hit a green light on the way to work. <laughs> like, you know what? I, you know, got coffee and somebody paid for it in the car in front of me or whatever. Like, I just think it's it's important to look for this stuff, but sometimes you got to make the stuff happen yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So before all this quarantining happened, you were a business owner with a child. And I always love asking women like you how they are making it work or not or whatever they're doing to survive. Um, yeah. but how they're how they're pursuing their dreams while being a mom. And I'd love to hear what you were doing before, you know, we were all just basically winging it. Oh yeah. He was in school full time. <laughs> awesome. Okay. I love that. Good. So I, um, I'm coming up on eight years in business. I run this business full time. I'm the only employee. So we have an online shop where we're constantly shipping product and making items to sell. And then I teach lettering classes. So I travel a whole lot for work. So oh, just wow. kind of driving and traveling all over doing in-person events and public speaking. And so I don't really have like a steady home schedule. So this has been a huge change for me, just not traveling. 
like not flying, not, you know, hopping on a plane, not driving in a car, just being able to be home. And I mean, there's a lot of blessing in that because honestly, like <laughs> I really like my family. <laughs> Yeah, and right. I'm like you, you people are so nice. Yeah. This yeah. is really great. But my husband prior to the the coronavirus coming through, he worked third shift. And so he worked that's night shift, seven PM until six AM. And so my son was in school all day and then I would go and pick him up and then he would be home with just me every night, like just the two of us alone. And so we really didn't get to see my husband a lot during the week. We only saw him on the weekends. And so that's again, it's just such a blessing to be able to spend that kind of time. Like Chris and I have been together almost nine years and like, we've never had this kind of a shift, like in, in like time of day where we're awake at the same time and we get to see That's each other amazing. at the same time. And I mean, I think it's kind of like camp quarantine over here. Like they're just, of course it's weird. And like, of course there's financial stress, but I think for us, a hundred percent, the good outweighs the bad because we just are able to spend time together that we never get to before. Well, I think that perspective is something that you're not alone in feeling. And like I was, I mean, I was walking through Target yesterday night buying groceries and I was like looking at all the stuff that I used to just be throwing into my cart kind of mindlessly. And I was like, I don't even need this stuff right yes. now. Like none of us even, it's like, yes, there's like financial stress on, on so many of us. And I'm not speaking to like families where it's a serious, serious issue right. right now. But like, if you're being asked to cut back even just a little bit and are in minor ways, it's like, we don't need the family time is worth more money than more it money. Is. Than I said that exact thing. I, I seriously just said that to my mom this week. I was like, I don't really need his money as long as I have him here. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, right? I trade it because it, I really am like, it feels like a single parent. Like if you're, if your spouse is on that kind of a shift, like you just have to do so much alone and, you, but, but you don't really know what you're missing until you have it. And now I'm kind of like, when his work calls, <laughs> like, right? of course we'll be glad, you know, like for, for him to go back for the money. But I think will be really sad well, just yeah. because he won't get to be here anymore and so and I think it's just one a, yeah and what you said too about like the target stuff like I told somebody the other day I was like I don't I think it's been a good perspective to me I don't really miss the stuff like I miss going to TJ Maxx and walking around TJ Maxx yeah, I don't need to bring anything home if you would just let me go back <laughs> Were you the one somebody I'll posted the other there. day that was like TJ Maxx needs a drive-through where you just give them forty dollars and they give <laughs> you like amazing. a bag of stuff or something? I yeah, saw like, one that was like, if I had known that was my last time at TJ Maxx, I would have gone a little harder. <laughs> I would have gone a little harder. Yeah, exactly. My another one of my friends is like, can I just? I she just wants to go to Home Goods and come home. Yeah. I'm saying, oh my, yeah. I just want to go to Home Goods. I, I feel the same way though. It's not the stuff that I miss. It's not like when this first started, everything was like so dirt cheap because like these stores can't get rid of their clothes right. fast enough because no one's shopping. And I'm like joking that everything's like 98% off and I'm like, <laughs> okay, what am I going to get? And I'm making lists. And now I'm just like, there is absolutely nothing that I want. I mean, well, like you really don't need anything. You don't really like, except it. food and toilet paper, like yeah. just being home. Like I don't wear the same clothes. I don't even wear the same makeup. I don't even have on makeup right now. Like it's right. just, it's just a totally different ball game than what I usually do and like usually spend money on. And so, I mean, some of that's weird, but at the same time, it's like this being at home is coinciding really well with us having less money. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Don't like need it's it. all being taken care of, right? It's like a kind of, 
It's all working out. I think there's like, I mean, I think we're all going to, we all miss like get putting our makeup on and, and putting a nice dress on and going out to dinner every once in a while. But like doing it to the degree that we were before, I wonder if we're ever like necessary. That's exactly the same for us. I don't know that we will. I think we just have, we have enjoyed the, the change of pace so much that I, I think it'll, we really won't go back out as often as we used to because we just have learned a different way. Yeah. I mean, you and a lot of other, I mean, like these countries where they're opening back up, I mean, restaurants are seeing like they're not, people aren't racing to go back out to eat. Um, I think this is going to be, I mean, we're going to be living with this for a while. So it's not like someone's going to snap their fingers and suddenly we're going to be back to reality as it were. Um, There might be some really wonderful parts of this that we get to keep and hold on to. I saw a quote like right when all this happened and they said, make sure that when you start rushing back to everything and you're so quick to rush back to your life that you rush back to the parts that are worth it. Like that, that it's not, you're not rushing back to just everything you did. Like kind of take this time to see what were your favorite parts? Like what was the most meaningful? Like, because it is a chance for change. And I think that's a very positive way to see it. And <laughs> I'm positive yeah. Polly over here anyway. But I just think that like, no matter what your situation is, like there's got to be something good. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a, you have an online business. Have you seen like changes in your business and like the way that it's people have been attracted to it or, or what? Yeah, I have, I've seen both positive and negative for me. A big negative impact was because I taught so many live events and in-person classes, I had to cancel every single one of those. And so mm-hmm. you're talking like two or three months of like seven or eight events each that are just gone. And I count on that revenue. So that was really hard to to just kind of offset. But then once I got the wheels turning online, I have seen the sales, sales have still been steady. They have not been really high. Like I think people are being cautious with their spending. I mean, I know that I am personally. Right. Um, and I've seen a, a really big shift in the online class where that had just been sitting there for over a year (laughs) and you know people might buy it every other day or something but like now several people are buying that each day and I think people are just having the time and then the products that they're buying they're buying postcards because they're home and they have time to write notes to their friends put them in the mail how cool is that and I I love that like I love that so much and like people are buying (laughs) I came out with baseball caps at a really good time Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Everyone. Like a pack of postcards and a baseball hat. That's like a quarantine kit. We're all like reading. We're like reading poetry again. People are doing puzzles. Like I'm playing Scrabble with my husband like three times a week. Like we're doing these things that I think we almost like idealize. We forgot what it was like to just kind of like be able to take in the art of life. Um, it's really fun too, like create. with hand lettering being my, you know, my business, people have time to learn it right now. Like it's, it might've been something that they've always wanted to do or they've had on their list and, you know, it's, oh, maybe one day, like, I wish I had time. Like I would love to do that. And so my book has sold really well throughout well, this so because it's did, instructional. Into, yes. How did you get into hand lettering in the first place? I was always a doodler. I was always an artist. Like I was kind of the go-to friend that people had if they were running for student council. Like I made all their posters. Oh, I can <laughs> and see like that. Yeah. I'm from the south, and so like the banner that the football team runs through, like to go play the game, like they like break it through. Like I wrote that banner. Like I was the girl that decorated that. And so I just have always been like really artsy and really fun and creative. And I got into event planning right out of college, and I worked in events for seven years. 
And I really, really liked events. Like I love people, like I love ideas, I love parties and celebrations, but my job was really high stress. Like it was really crazy hours and I was always on my phone or my computer and you were dealing with like tablecloth emergencies, <laughs> like right. t-shirt yeah. problem, like not real life emergencies. And so it just kind of wore me down like to just always be on and always be working. And I just missed the creative part of like, holding a marker in your hand or like painting or drawing. And one night I um, decided to take a calligraphy class. My grandmother was an artist and I knew what it was because I inherited one of her sets. And so I signed up and, and decided to jump in with both feet and take a calligraphy class. And I wanted to love it. Like I just had such high hopes and dreams and I was just going to carry on her legacy. And I like couldn't even get ink to come out of the pen. Like I was so <laughs> bad. Like it was terrible. I was like cussing. Like I was so frustrated. And I, I kept it up. I'd spent too much money on all this stuff. Like I didn't want to give up then, but I really started to make it my own. And I started to ignore the letter forms and everything formal and elegant that they were teaching because that just isn't my personality. Like nobody's ever called me elegant a day in my life, Laura. Like that is not, <laughs> that's not the I word. Love it. Own not. it. You've owned and it. That's like, amazing. But I thought I had to be that. Like I thought I had to be formal. I thought I had to be romantic. Like if you compared it to all the other people that were doing lettering. And so I started just writing in my own style and my own handwriting, like my own swirls and curls and just kind of making it up as I go. And one of my friends said, Megan, I've never seen calligraphy look so fun. And I'm not a hundred percent sure that was a compliment. Well, <laughs> like, that's so funny. That's where I am like, okay. But she told me that it looked fun. And that just gave me so much permission to just do me and to not try to make it look like everybody else's that it was okay, that it looked different. And people started asking me to teach them and the classes really took off, like the online store took off and the book just came out last August, Happy Hand Lettering. And so that's just been amazing. Like hand lettering, I say, is like a more casual version of calligraphy. You can do it with a Sharpie or a Crayola, like it's calligraphy. <laughs> and right. it's not like the metal ink and nib and, and I can do all that too, but this is just a lot easier than that. And so it's been really fun to just make it approachable and make it like for the every girl, like you don't need any, you don't even need to be able to do anything artistic to learn this. And I just teach it in a way that it's like, if you were my best friend sitting at the kitchen table, like, here's how I would tell you to do it. And so it's just that. been so much fun to, to see it grow the way that it has, not even just my business, but the lettering industry in general, like over the last seven years, like I didn't know anybody else well, that did this that, when like, I started. Well, it's funny that the type of writing that you do wasn't like the right type or like that it wasn't <laughs> elegant enough because like when I see hand lettering, it's not necessarily super formal or elegant. Right. It's it like you were the beginning of that trend. So that's yeah. Really... And back then it was like back then it was just so gorgeous. It was like White House correspondence level, you know, like yes, just exactly. meticulous and just so like error free. <laughs> and over here, I'm like, turn your mistakes in the confetti, like running my trash through a shredder and like sprinkling that in order. So whenever people were just order, doing like, you. I yeah. love that. And I love just, that. I think that's why it's been successful is because it is different. Like it is a breath of fresh air, like in a space that back then was way more blush and gold foil and, you know, super, super elegant and fancy. You had the rainbows and. Yeah. Now I'm just over here like rainbow bright, living it up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You are rainbow bright. That's amazing. Well, I remind like one of my, one of a podcaster that I really love and really look up to said that like she started her podcast 
because she wanted to start a conversation that she didn't see anybody else having. And I think about that all the time with my own podcast. Like, what is the conversation that I want to be having that I don't hear anybody else having? And it's the same thing with anybody who I think really follows a dream and is really successful with it. It's like, what are what do you have to offer that nobody else has to offer? Because it's not about duplicating something that already exists. Like there's a reason why you weren't able to write so elegantly. And there's a reason why it ended up being something that so many people wanted and they have it on their mugs and their coasters and (laughs) all that fun stuff now. It's so much fun. And and I'm so grateful that I went for it in spite of like what it felt like to compare yourself to other people. You know, we're so quick to think that somebody else's life is better online or somebody's more talented or someone's more beautiful or better. Like I think sometimes we're going to second guess ourselves, but it was my friends who called that out in me. And I think that we as women, so often we can see stuff in another woman and another friend and a sister and a coworker that they don't even see in themselves. And I think it's up to us. Like if that compliment is laid on your heart, like that needs to pop out of your mouth. Like, (laughs) Like you need to encourage her, like sprinkle that like confetti, like it literally costs nothing. And you don't know what kind of compliment could change her life. So true. I've been, I've really been conscientious of that lately. Just reaching out. If I feel like telling somebody something, as I see something on their Instagram, just letting them know that because that there's a reason why I feel that way. And and we think so much about so many other, we, we think about so many other types of messages and why not like just say the good things that we feel to other people. It's almost become like socially awkward to do that. And I'm like, no, nope, I'll be the person that tells yep, the target manager it. that I like <laughs> her hair. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, look how someone reacts. Like when you say something like that too. And sometimes like I will pray like that God will put people on my heart that need that, like who like might need a boost of energy or who might need a text, you know, or especially right now, like I have so many friends who are new moms and I can't imagine what that would be like to be home with a new born like right now or to have had to go to the hospital and have a baby like literally with a mask on your face like I I don't I'm so grateful that I didn't have to do that but I worry about them because for me postpartum getting out and going to Target was so (laughs) important (laughs) walking around and taking him in the car like gosh so many things that's how I survived and thrived you know and I just worry for them that they have to be home and just the fear and the anxiousness that that I just assume you know is going to be surrounding them and I'll just reach out and just be like hey or I'll send them funny memes or you know right whatever making touch points with with people that you know you just I think when a friend like literally when they cross your mind like that isn't an accident and it's worth a text And, and a lot of times I'll just be like hey I had you on my heart which is like such a weird like Christiany thing to say. No, I love <laughs> like, it. I've taken it over. I I'm do like, it. I like bring it on. I'm like, yeah, I have love you it. on my heart. Just so you know, like I was thinking about you. But I just think so many times I've done that and they've written back and been like, I needed that today. Oh yeah. I I so, you know, I've never had words to put to that, but I so identify with that and how um how important it is. And I don't feel like it's an accident either. It's such a beautiful thing. Um, to do. And I love the way that you look at life. I think I, I'm not, I can't be the only person who's listening and thinking like, wow, this has just made me feel so happy. And so I'm wondering in this quarantine, I know a lot of us have been, it's been challenging. Um, have you, what are like some things that you've been doing that have helped you maintain your sparkle? Oh my gosh. I'm literally so embarrassed by my answer because if you had asked me like two months ago, like if you had all the extra time, I would have told you I would read books and like I would do all these self-care things. Truly like we, 
we have been taking family walks outside and we've never got to do that before. And I yeah. like look forward to that 20 minute lap, like every single day. Like if it rains, I'm like devastated because oh, I'm like, oh, we, want to do what we were going to go outside and my son's excited about it. And my husband's here. And that just wasn't something that we ever did before because Chris wasn't here. And it kind of was scary for me to think about taking Vance for a walk alone, because if we never made it home, like I, I listened to way too much Dateline. Oh yeah. my God. That is the, I'm like, I've never even considered that, but I watched Dateline, but I haven't thought about that. I do freak out in a parking We're garage. Not, and I've um, never, yeah, things that's like that. So funny. So okay. I, I just haven't ever done it. And what is it about Dateline? Like, why do we watch it? It's so good. <laughs> well, it's they have a so podcast. Good. So yeah. it's just the episodes they show on TV that's on a podcast. So it's like double the fun because I then know. you can just listen to it. I know. Yeah, I'm, I have I'm about right before too. I got on here with you, I was like, you know, 90 minutes into a homicide. <laughs> I think it's like, because I'm, I think it's because it's such a contrast to like our lives. It right? is. It is. I think Whenever, it's also like, like, you're like, you're fine. Your life yeah. is great. <laughs> oh yes, exactly. Like it makes us feel like we're doing really well. That has to be what yeah. it is. Right. Like that's why I'm so fascinated by it. Whenever something big is going on, like the current pandemic, I read a lot of mystery novels because yes. it's like this couldn't be further from my reality it right gives now you a place to put your stress too you're like okay yes. you know what i'm gonna file your anxiety right over here <laughs> right it's somewhere to put your mind yeah you know it's somewhere to put your mind <sighs> so as like you're so you <laughs> were you someone you were talking about the newborn stage were you somebody who like enjoys their kids as they get older and older and older oh, or were you gosh. like a newborn yeah yeah. I'm speaking oh, to you. He's like my buddy. Like he tells me I'm pretty. Like he asked me oh, to be his Valentine. Like uh, it's, it's April. <laughs> Sarah I May. Never, he's like yeah. still asking. Like I, I was not like, okay. Growing up, nobody ever once asked me to hold their baby or to babysit. Like never, oh, ever. Me too. Same thing. I was like, <laughs> and, my first baby was my baby. I was like, yeah, whoa, what is whenever, this? Whenever we told our family we were pregnant, like two family members laughed because they thought we were joking. <laughs> oh my God. Stop. So, like, we we only have one child like that will be it for us but like I seriously I was so worried about motherhood because everyone says it's so bad and everyone complains and says all the horrible things and this was great like this was a delight it was just so much better I think because I was bracing myself for literally the worst ever that it was just a delightful surprise and it's like That's awesome. it was still hard like I did I just didn't love the baby stage because they can't like compliment you back or smile at you <laughs> you're like my friends who are new moms like they're like um I they're like reading advice for like how to talk to a three-year-old and they're like and they have a new baby at home and they're like I don't really feel like I'm nope. like right and, I'm and like, I feel like it's like do? when you really like a guy and like they don't like you back <laughs> it's the most validating thing ever you're like working your ass off and this baby is just like crying and you're like oh my god do you no. hate me they can't like, even smile I, yet do not miss that at all. But like, I had a really hard pregnancy. I had HG. So I was like, that's what Kate Middleton. Yes. Oh. oh yeah, we were in that club. So like, silver lining. I did not gain a whole lot of weight, but <laughs> threw up every day. You know, if you're so, listening, and you don't know what hyperemesis is. It's like when you're basically nauseous your entire pregnancy. Well, I was like, like had to be hospitalized, like with fluids, oh and like I literally puked the whole every single day of the whole entire thing. And so that was not fun to say the least. And oh my god. I 
I think because that was so bad, I had prepartum depression, which didn't go, didn't get diagnosed until after I'd already had the baby. And they were like, you're so different now. Like, you're just so, your lights are on. (laughs) Yeah, you actually felt good. There was like relief. Yes. Yeah. And so I think like, I just didn't understand my emotions were, I just didn't know what, what to say about them or what to do about them. I just thought they were part of pregnancy, but I think it was just a lot of anxiety and like a lot of just the sickness was just taken over me pre, you know, prior to having him. And then when I had him, I just felt so much better than I did then that it was like, this is a breeze. Like, this is fine. You know, even on the bad days, but I think that is a lot of the reason, like, I just don't feel like I'm capable of doing it again, but it also just makes me appreciate him, you know, and just all the seasons now and just knowing that we're only going to get one time and we're going to make the best of it and enjoy it and soak it all in. Like, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's just, um, I think for everybody, you, you hear people that are like, oh my gosh, I want to hold the baby. I love the baby. And I'm I'm like, nope. (laughs) Let me know when no. they get like two and a half and they can wipe their own butt soon. And then I'll go have fun with them. And that's yeah. totally okay that you feel that way. I like want to just say that to anyone listening. Like I have, I hear this all the time. Like the moms of the newborn. It's like, aren't I supposed to feel like no, different? no, no, you're not. You feel I exactly think it just how you're keeps supposed to feel better. Like it, yes. it, seriously, it keeps getting easier and it keeps getting better. And like, they have like more of a personality, but you can like, I mean, I have like conversations with him. Like it's not like a guessing game. It's amazing. It's incredible. I had an easier time in the newborn stage, way easier with my second kid. Um, But it's like, you can just be like more detached and you know that things are going to get better. But when you're doing it like the first time around, you're like, oh my God, when is this? You kind of think that the next 20 years of your life are going to be like that. Like you just have (laughs) no idea that it's going to get better. It's so overwhelming. Well, Megan, I could seriously talk to you forever. Um, but if anyone wants to take your online class right now and learn how to hand letter, cause we're all at home kind of doing nothing or doing nothing with our kids jumping on us. Um, you have a 50% off code, which is happy home. So if you go to all she wrote notes.com, sign up for that online class. Now that we're in quarantine with the code happy home, you'll get half off. And, uh, you can learn more about Megan by following her on Instagram. She's at all she wrote notes, Megan. Thank you again for joining me. It was absolutely a pleasure getting to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you all for joining me. Um, Again, you've been listening to Look Ma No Hands. I am your host, Laura Max Rose. You can follow me on Instagram at Laura Max Rose, and we'll join you again next time. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Look Ma No Hands. I'm Laura Max Rose, and you can follow me on Instagram at Laura Max Rose to stay up to date on upcoming episodes and the behind the scenes of my life with my own two daughters. If you like this episode and are enjoying Look Ma No Hands, the best way you can help me spread the word is to leave a review on Apple Podcast. This is the single best way to help me reach a larger audience and share these conversations with everyone who needs to hear them. If you love something you just heard, you can also take a screenshot of the episode and share it on social media. There might be someone you know who needs to hear what you just heard, and that's another great way to make sure they do. Thank you for joining me every week. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. More next time. Mom.